Welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osban, here with my friend, Chabruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Yibamot, daf Ayin Zion, page 77. So we're still in the middle of this discussion about the permissibility of uh, what exactly was the issue with Amon and Moab. Um, and again, it's interesting because some of it has to do with direct reading of Sukim. Some of it comes from this very deep dive they do into the story of David HaMelech and Shaul. And part of what they discuss here is, is that shouldn't it be, you know, the, the reason why we say that Ammon and Moab was not permitted to marry, uh, or, or what is it that they did to us that was so bad, is because in the Midbar, when we tried to pass through their land, they uh, did not come out and give us, uh, they didn't come and give us uh, water and bread as they were supposed to. Um, and so the Gemara says, you know, mikomakom kasha, right? That this is difficult. I'm sort of reading in the middle of something here, right? Why would female, uh, why would the women from Ammon and Moab be permitted? Because they also should have brought out bread and water. And so the Gemara answers, targumu, right? We explain it this way, kol bas that what this is, you know, a pasuk. And I, I wanted to do this part because this pasuk is often quoted uh, when we want to sort of say that women should sort of tend, you know, sort of stay inside or not participate in public things. Um, and this is a very famous pasuk from Tehillim, chapter 45, uh, verse 15, right? Which literally means the very honor of, right? The, the honor of a princess, uh, uh, you know, of a bat melech is within. And so that often this is sort of interpreted as, is that, um, you know, that for Jewish women, at least, uh, the way that they should um, behave is that they sort of don't go out in public, that it's better for them uh, to be inside. Now, if you read the Pasuk itself, that's really not what it's talking about. First of all, it's really talking about a princess. But again, the idea is that like all Jewish women um, are princesses, right? But here, what they're trying to say is, is that we can't fault these women, right? Even the, um, you know, Ammoni and Moabite women for not going outside because a woman shouldn't be that's not something we would expect women to do that they would go out to bring you know bread and water um and then they give and then they say but my rabbi in eretz yisrael though rabbi yitzchak had a different uh pasuk to explain this and it's interesting he doesn't go to ketubim right which is where tehillim is he actually uses a pasuk from the torah itself Right, so this is when uh, chapter in Bereshi, chapter 18, verse 9, uh, where the Lachim come to, the, uh, you know, sorry, where they want to ask Abraham where uh, his wife is. And so, you know, the idea is, is that Sarah was in the tent because, you know, Sarah knew, obviously, she shouldn't go out to uh, to greet people. So, Look, I think these are the kind of passages in the Gemara that are a little bit difficult. They show a particular way of viewing what the place for women is. Are it's interesting that they, um, you know, want to give it psukim. I, I just when I saw it on the top, I just felt like I couldn't sort of like pass it off and not exactly uh, and not exactly um, talk about it. But then the Gemara goes on a little bit more to talk about this issue about when we talk about Amoni. Um, or Moabi, do we also include the women? And it says Kitane, right? This is actually a Tanaitic dispute, Amoni below Amonit, right? When the Torah specifically says uh, an Amoni, it means a, a man, and Moabi also means a man, 
right? Dibri Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Al-Dabar, Kir, Lo, Kibmu, Etzchem, Belechem, Ubamayim. Right? So again, it's quoting that pasuk that says, because they didn't greet you with bread and water when you were leaving Egypt. It's customary for um, for men, but it wouldn't have been customary uh, for women to go and do this. So we see that's the machlokas of the Tanayim. Um, in other words, so that women would also be, um, uh, uh, you know, we couldn't have expected this of women. Um, and so, you know, this is basically what the uh, what the machlokas is over. Um, now they go through sort of some other, uh, you know, interpretations of Sukim. But it gets interesting to see this piece about David Hamel. Drash Rabbah. So Rabbah had the following uh, pasuk that we take that we say in Hallel. Right. So this is uh, from chapter 116, verse 16. And we say that David Hamel wrote to Helim. Um, and so it says, right, you have released my, like, Moserai, my, my, the, my chains or my yoke straps. There's a different way to interpret that in English. Amar David Lipne HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So David says in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ribono Shaolam, Shnei Moserai Rocha, you alive, Pitukhatan. There were two, uh, you know, Moserai on me, and you opened both of them. Ruth HaMoobiyabina Maha Amonit. Right? And were, what were they? Naama, right, was uh, uh, was the wife of David's son Shlomo, and the mother of his grandson Rechavam, who basically uh, is the successor to Shlomo Hamelah, right? And so we see, and then roots we know, right? So we see that in within the Davidic dynasty, right, we have both somebody, a woman who's a Moabite, and we have uh, Naama who is an Ammonite. So this was sort of that, in other words, that these could have uh, potentially uh, not allowed or would have been considered that David's line sort of wasn't considered to be pure, right? Because there's a prohibition about them, even the converts and marrying into the kahal. And so he says that, no, like actually the women are allowed to. And so that's how God permitted, that's how Rabboni Sholem uh, permitted, um, permitted this. And then again, they sort of have this other, uh, encounter whether this really happens or not. Drash Raba, my dichtiv, right? What's what does it mean when David also wrote, Rabot Asitiata Shemel Kacha Nipotaku Machbotaka Aleni? So again, this is a pasuk from Tehilim from chapter 40, verse 6, which means, Much have you done, right? O Hashem, your wonders and your thoughts are for us. A lie, lo namar, it doesn't say for me, right? It says for us. Right, so it teaches us that Rechavan, Shlomo's son, David's grandson, who had this um, Ammonite mother, Naama, sat in his lap, in David's lap, Amarlo, and David says to him, These two verses were said to us, right? That we, you know, that even that we still were allowed or our lineage wasn't actually, um, wasn't actually uh, uh, questioned. Um, and then it goes on. It, it has another one that Rava has as well. So I, I think the reason why the Gemara spends so much time on this, and we're going to see it's going to continue on to the next stop as well, is that it is really an issue about David HaMelech, and it's an issue about his lineage that the that Chazal is very, very sensitive to, uh, that even the possibility that somehow David HaMelech's lineage uh, could be damaged in some way. Remember, like, we pray for David HaMelech for that lineage to be restored. 
Also, when Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai gives away Yerushalayim in that famous Gemara in Gitin, right, one of the three things he asks for is that the lineage of David HaMelech is not destroyed. So there's sort of this tension that, like, the lineage of David HaMelech is considered to be sort of like the best yichus possible, but yet at the same time we know that it has, you know, uh, women who fathered children in that lineage, who mothered children in that lineage, excuse me, who maybe it's problematic. And so I think that's why Chazal wants to spend so much time on this topic because they don't want anybody to question it. Like when this gets, you know, this is almost hopeful in the future, I think, that when it does become restored, that there's no question as to the purity of the line of David Halaf. Right, meaning that's what we all want. Um, the Gemara goes on to have a much more discussion, I would say now, about the Amonim, Ammonia, Amon, but I think that there's no distinction to be made between Ammon and Moab in this case, right? Like it goes on to talk about Ammon, um, I think it is representing also Moab and the Moabiot, meaning the, the Gemara goes on to, to get a little bit more complicated in this case, um, and that's where I want to go. It says, what happens when you have, um, let me say carefully, the Gemara focuses on the biblical text where it says the question between Amav, which means his people, versus Me'amav, from his people, or his own people and from his own people. So this gets a lot of attention. And at some point, we understand that then there's a discussion between Rav Yochanan, Rav Yochanan and Rabbi Zakkai, Right, about this. And then I'm jumping down. I'm on Amad Bet. Sorry about all the preamble. Ki Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda Amar Hachi Tanakame. So Rav Shmuel bar Yehuda comes to Israel from Bavel and he says that Rav Zakai taught before Rav Yochanan as follows Hachi Tanakame, Isha Amonit Kishera, Bena Meamoni Pasul. So we're talking here about, meaning again, this was the case that had been discussed previously by Rabbi Zakkai and Rabbi Yochanan, which we now have testimony about, and it's on the daf, it's higher on the daf, that Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yehuda comes to talk about it further, where it says that an, we're talking about an Ammonia who is kosher. Her son from an Ammoni is not kosher, meaning if she were to have slept with an, a male um, Ammonite, whatever. And then, but the daughter from an Ammoni from a male Ammonite, again, is kosher, meaning the women's line is always going to be fine. And the relevance of this is because the case of this Amav me Amav is about what happens when you have a daughter of an of a convert from Ammon, right, who then marries a Jewish woman, right? Can that daughter, meaning the daughter of the convert, the male convert, can that daughter marry into the kahuna? And Rabbi Yochanan had said yes. So here we're going on to say that when we're talking about, I'm going to read here again in the Gemara, uh, we have an Ammonite couple and they converted. And in that case, the daughter from the Ammoni who has not yet converted, right? That daughter is not going to be um can, is, is, he's, she's going to be Pasul, meaning Pasul to marry, I guess, the Kohen, right? But the point here is that we we have here, the Ammonia herself is fine. Her son from the 
Amoni, not fine. The daughter from the Amoni, fine. So then what are we talking about? We're talking about an Amoni man, an Amonia. They both have converted, but the daughter did not convert, meaning this family converted. The piece that is puzzling to me here is why, just because the father converted, why would that mean that the daughter is, you know, not eligible? So Amarle, so this is, and, and I'm not the only one who found this to be a little bit troubling, right? Uh, I say this tongue in cheek. Amarle, Puktani Levara. Rabbi Yochanan says to him, go out and teach it outside. What does that mean? Go out is this, this Puktani, this language is go out and learn it, go out and teach it. It means that this Breita is not in accord with the accepted halacha, meaning don't teach us in the Beit Midrash. The Beit Midrash is where they're going to teach the halacha that that is going to, you know, be in our in the all the annals for future generations that we're learning now. This detail, of course, here it is in the Gemara, right, which is a nice fine show of irony. But the this idea of this is not fit to be taught in the Beit Midrash, I think, is a very very strong statement. That's not the halacha. That's not the way we paskin, practically speaking. I also like the puktani, meaning any time that we've got this, go out and go out and learn it outside. Go out and see outside. What do people do? Right? There's a recognition that the way people are living their lives is not in accord with what you've just outlined. Um, namely, my um, isha Meaning, when you're talking about an ammonia who's being fit, right, who's being kosher, really, right? So we know that. We know that that's like saying, it's the same thing as saying the ammonim, the males are not um, allowed to enter Kalashem. They're not married to, allowed to marry in, but the ammonia is allowed to ma- marry in. So then her son from an ammoni is, of course, pasul. But why do you have to say that? Like, we already know that because he, too, that, that, child is also a male amoni ubita me amoni kshira lamai when you say that her daughter from an amoni from the male amoni is kosher well why would you be t- talking about that ilema lavobekahal if you're talking about that she can marry into kahal hashem we know that already meaning you don't have to tell us that hashta imak shira because if the mother is kosher and you've got a girl then she too can he mibai ela lekohuna so really, we're going to talk about what I had said before. We're talking about that she's fit to marry into the kahuna. She can marry a kohen. So the Brita continues. So again, when what are we talking about there? We've got an we've got an Ammonite couple, and they convert, but the daughter from the Ammoni is unfit. He's not. She's pasul. And again, the Gemara wants to know my bitame Ammoni. What does that mean? The daughter from an Ammoni ilema Ammoni. We were already talking about uh, um, we're talking about people who had the, the Gemara now claims that the they have converted prior to the birth of this daughter. So then you're talking about the daughter of a female convert and if she's eligible to marry into Kahal Hashem, so too her daughter should be just fine, right? So then we're talking so the Gemara kind of corrects it and says, no, we're talking about an Amoni who married a Jew, a, a woman who was born Jewish, So, again, so we're talking then about, um, uh, I'm sorry, the, we're talking about the, he, the Amoni convert who was not supposed to marry the, the, the woman who was born Jew, born a born Jew, 
Um, in which case, that's the daughter who's going to then be unfit to marry the Kohen. But Rev Yochanan said that she can marry a Kohen. That's earlier on the daft that I had referred to earlier. That's what he said to Reb, and, and so that's why now he says to Reb Zakai, "Puktani Levara, go out and teach it outside. This brighta, this material that you're teaching that she's not fit, is not the way we paskin. It's not reliable. It's not the halacha. Kick it outside. Of course, again, let's note it's here. It's here on the daft, but." The the details here, and Yerdin, I wonder if this is not connected somehow to your point about David Amalek and the Moavia, Moavia, you know, this idea that there's so much attention being paid to, is she kosher to marry in, okay, we got that. Is she kosher to marry Kohen? Okay, we got that. Oh, you want to say she's not kosher to marry Kohen? Take it outside. We're not going to allow that even to be taught in the Beit Midrash as a legitimate opinion. It's not considered legitimate. I feel like it's a a, a great deal of attention being paid to these Ammoniot and whether whom whom they can marry amongst Kahal Yisrael. So again, Ammoni, Moavi, it's the same, it lines up the same way. Um, I feel like still I'm 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 not surprised that they keep the the material that's not supposed to be the bait midrash. I'm not surprised that that ends up in the Gemara, but I'm surprised at or not surprised. I'm intrigued by how much attention is given to the whole discussion. Yeah, again, I, I, I think this is sort of like a, I don't know if it's a sore spot, but it, it's something Chazal is very careful about. And so therefore, they want to make sure the halacha is preserved carefully. And look, I think we see from issues around conversion today, this is something that I think, I, I, I think it's less of a worry actually for like non-Jewish people in their perception I think it's more worried within the Jewish community itself. Like, I think they understand that there's going to be a tendency to be machmer where you don't need to be when it comes to issues of lineage. And, you know, so so I think that's why they want to, yes, they're preserving the, the opinion, but they're being very clear to be like, that's not what we do and it's not how we practice. Right, right. Agreed. Well, that's our top discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend e. Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadra website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff on our Talking Time with Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.